Hud one, hud two, it's time to go. We come through on fourth and inches and we'll stop until we scope. Had the game ahead, locked and put it in the figure four. We ain't worried about a hater, baby, we just build and grow. The Joe and Joey show, football, b-ball fights, pick a topic like a Khabib on his run. Yeah, they tried but couldn't stop us. Watch us, yeah, we rockin' hot as Puerto Rico, we the wave. Go on and place your bets, check the over-under, we the fade. Yeah. It's no debate, we the greatest, but we debating your favorites. Greater raise the points of discussion, then we crush it. Feeling like Michael Jordan with the Bulls. Feeling like I'm about to raise KG with the Timber Bulls. I'm getting pulled in all kinds of directions. To the game, yeah, you know that that's the best one. So just watch or just listen to the guys. Tune in to the show. Joe and Joey on the ride. Episode number 19 of the Joe and Joey Show. Thank you guys for tuning in. How you doing, Joe? I'm good, Joey. You enjoying your summer? A lot going on? I am, man. Um, I know you've had a lot on your hands with your newborn, huh? Yeah, new new baby, extending the family, dad life. It's no sleep, but I'm just happy Everything's everybody's healthy, everything's going well. Yeah, man, you got to go back to work soon, huh? Yeah, I'm, you're, I'm, I'm always working now as a dad, you know? Yeah, you, you really don't, haven't gotten much rest even though you're on an eight-week break, right? <laughs> right. Paternity leave. Yeah, so, man, you got a little haircut too, huh? Yep, I got the fade going. Damn, nice, man, looking good. New barber, huh? Yeah, new barber. I had, <laughs> you know, I was thinking about doing the buzz cut because it's so hot out, but... You know the the lady. She likes a little spike at the top. No, nah, I like I like the I like the little fade you got going on. You got like the little Conor McGregor haircut going on. It's yeah, not bad. It's clean, <laughs> sharp. Alrighty, man. Let's get right into the show. So, topic number one: NFL free agent Dalvin Cook offered ex girlfriend one million to clear him from abuse allegations. Report, and this article is from Fox News. So the article states, the former Minnesota Viking running back reportedly offered $1 million to his ex-girlfriend to clear him from any wrongdoing stemming from her 2021 claim that he assaulted her. Grayson Timble, a sergeant in the U.S. Army, accused Cook of assault, battery, and false imprisonment during the November 19, 2020 incident at his Grove Heights home. The Minnesota Star Tribune reported, citing a lawsuit filed in the Dakota County District court cook reportedly offered eight hundred thousand before upping the offer to seven figures uh trimble's attorney daniel craig reported and he also stated cook's initial offer was evidence of a crime this does not pass the smell test and can and should be admissible as evidence of cook's consciousness of guilt craig wrote cook said in the deposition that he was aware that his attorneys had offered trimble eight hundred thousand in may to provide a sworn affidavit exonerating him of wrongdoing. So this is troubling. A lot of people think this is why Dalvin Cook hasn't um, been signed yet. I think teams are a little hesitant. I saw that the NFL is doing a little bit of investigation as well. So there may be a suspension coming. And according to Dalvin Cook and his agent, Cook is seeking around $10 million. So maybe some teams are hesitant to give him the 10 million with this looming over his head. And also according to DraftKings Sportsbook, current odds for Dalvin Cook have shifted and where he's going to play next year. So the Patriots are at plus 150 right now. The leaders to sign Dalvin Cook, Dolphins at plus 200, 
and the Jets at plus 400. So, Joe, uh, what do we have on this, man? This is a lot of news. Um, what's your take on the whole Dalvin Cook situation, and where do you think he's going to land? I think ultimately he's going to end up in Miami. Um, my take on the news is, you know, it's it's too bad that, you know, here's another case of of the girlfriend or a woman getting beat up by an NFL player. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems to be a common theme, especially for running backs. You know, Joe Mixon, you know, I, I can name a bunch of guys, but I don't think, you know, the NFL, a lot of people hate Roger Goodell because he comes, his suspensions are like too inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Like he'll suspend somebody for beating somebody up for a game and then somebody gambling $1,000 on a game gets a whole year of suspension. Yep. So it's like, why why are you so inconsistent and you know letting these guys off the hook for for beating people up but then the gamblers have to get the whole year out so i think that's why Roger Goodell gets booed and a lot of people don't like him you know his salary is too high but you know it's it makes sense a little bit now you know who knows why minnesota maybe minnesota knew about this and just mm-hmm. released him and didn't want to deal with all the drama and bs yeah, Minnesota didn't want to pay the cap, too, with Dalvin Cook. Yeah. They didn't want to pay his full salary. This kind of smells, though, like Dalvin Cook is guilty. I mean, why are you, if you're innocent, why are you paying a woman or offering her $800,000 to clear your name of any kind of wrongdoing? And then even up the offer to a million dollars. So that seems a little fishy. I mean, I'm always innocent until proven guilty. But I think uh, Miss Timble's attorney is kind of right. It doesn't really pass the smell test. Kind of seems guilty on this one. Plus, she's um, former Army as well. So, I don't know. It kind of seems a little fishy. And I can see why teams are hesitant to sign Cook right now, especially if the NFL is investigating this matter and the attorneys have come out and said that, you know, um, this is what's been going on, right? Dalvin Cook offered this amount of money. So, I can see why teams probably are using this as leverage against Dalvin Cook, saying, hey, you have all this going on right now. Why would we pay you the $10 million you're asking for if you might be suspended? Well, what's your take on that? Yeah, that's that's fair. I mean, that's a fair thing Because he say. doesn't really have any leverage right now, if you think about it, Dalvin Cook. No, he, he hasn't got anything near $10 million as well. You know, with everything going on with the running backs now, there's there's guys, you know, Saquon Barkley's trying to get paid. I think there was a running back meeting, like a Zoom call the other day. Yeah, there was. Uh, Austin Eckler organized a Zoom meeting, and I know the top running backs were in attendance. You know, Saquon, McCaffrey, Eckler, Najee Harris, Derrick Henry, they were all there, and they were discussing how they can, you know, fix the current state of the running back situation right now. So it's kind of hard for running backs to get paid right now as well. You know, I think Ezekiel Elliott and Le'Veon Bell kind of destroyed the running back market. Because the Dallas Cowboys paid Ezekiel Elliott a hundred million dollars, and as soon as they paid him that money, he fell off. It was never the same. Yeah, and and somebody posted something the other day. It's like the past ten Super Bowl champs, their running backs weren't the best player on the team. They're average running backs. So it's it kind of proves that you don't really need a star running back to win the Super Bowl. But yep. but going back to Dalvin Cook, um, I don't think it's you know maybe he will lose out on some money, but. Ultimately, he's going to end up getting signed by somebody because mm-hmm. the NFL NFL teams have proven time and time again, we don't really care about your character necessarily. We just want to win football games. You know, NFL players aren't role models. Um, yeah. 
you know, I, we talk about that a lot, but somebody's going to sign Dalvin Cook. He's trying to get $10 million. I say he gets around four or five, maybe with some bonuses close to six or seven. Um, but he has no leverage. And then this story comes out right at the end. He's he's in a hole right now. In training camp, I think the veterans reported this following week, or past week. So he's he's already behind the eight ball now. So Yeah, he has no leverage right now. And the Dolphins, if you look at their running back roster, they don't really need him. I mean, it would be nice to have him. It'd be a luxury piece. But they don't need him, right? They have four running backs on the roster. They just drafted one. They have Mostert, Wilson, A-Chain. And they have Gaskin and Ahmed as well. So I could see why the Patriots have leapfrogged the Dolphins, according to DraftKings Sportsbook, current betting odds to land Dalvin Cook. Because they only have one running back. They only have Stevenson. And we know from past experience, Bill Belichick, he hates your fantasy football team, right? He always needs two running backs so he can doghouse one of those fuckers, right? So Bill Belichick always needs two running backs on the roster at all times. Right. So I can see why the Patriots are the favorite to land Dalvin Cook. And there's other reports, too, that the Patriots are trying to shuffle money around to give Dalvin Cook the $10 million. So I could see the Patriots signing him. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think the Patriots, I could see it makes the most sense when you think about it. Um, I could still see Dalvin Cook going to the Dolphins. You know, that's his hometown team. He wants to play in Miami, um, maybe take a pay cut to be on a Super Bowl contender. Mm-hmm. The thing with the Patriots is I don't think they can contend, you know, with Mac Jones at quarterback. Yep. Not really any weapons besides Stevenson. Um, you know, they have okay weapons. Good offensive line. He'll be protected better in the run game. But what do you think? Yeah, man. I- it's tough. I think Dalvin Cook has to decide whether he wants to take the money with the Patriots or whether he wants to take maybe 2 or $3 million less and play with the Dolphins and have a better chance of win the Super Bowl and play for his hometown team. So that's what it's going to come down um, to Dalvin Cook, right, about it's either going to be the money or do you want to play for your hometown team and maybe win a Super Bowl. Yeah, it sucks to be a running back in the NFL. It's not like when we were growing up when there's – you know, star players like Marshall Falk on Super Bowl teams and guys, you know, like Emmett Smith, you know, on the Cowboys in his heyday. It's just it's the most undervalued position in the NFL today is running back. And I mean, guys, they're still making tens of millions of dollars. So, like, I don't really feel bad for these guys. That's just what the market is right now. The running back value is lower right now. There's so many good running backs in college football that you know, the NFL teams, they don't need to pay these guys, right? So it is what it is. I mean, I feel bad for these guys, but they're still making millions of dollars. Yeah, and you, I think we saw in the past, you know, with Todd Gurley, he was, you know, one of the best running back prospects ever. And he, he played really well in the NFL. And then, you know, he, on the Rams, that's like a year before the Super Bowl, they they cut him because, you know, he, too much wear and tear. Le'Veon Bell hold, has 400 carries a year. He holds out one year and kind of ruins everything. Yep. And then I know you've said it before, Ezekiel Elliott, you know, they paid him and drafted him over Jalen Ramsey and then gave him, what, $20 million a year? And the Cowboys, they look foolish for that. So I think all the NFL teams learned from the Cowboys' mistake with Zeke mm-hmm. and are just, you know, running back's great, but you can you can have running back by committee with two or three running backs that are okay and spend that money elsewhere. Yeah, I I just I hate to say it, but like teams rebound quick from running backs, right? I mean, if you're a Minnesota Vikings 
team, right, and you're looking to rebuild, you don't really want to sign an aging running back in Dalvin Cook. You already have a capable backup in Alexander Madison, right? Even when the Steelers lost Le'Veon Bell, James they got Conner. Najee Harris, James Conner. Yep. I mean, look at the Cowboys. They paid Zeke all that money, and they got a better running back, Tony, Tony Pollard. Pollard. And Eckler, he should have learned. He learned from. He learned firsthand from Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon asked asked for more money. He held out. See you, Melvin Gordon. You're cut. Eckler starts. Yeah, there's just so many examples of like how running backs are very interchangeable now, right? The Lions, they had the leading touchdown getter last year, right? Jamal Williams, really good young player, uh, Swift. DeAndre Swift. DeAndre yeah. Swift. And now they got arguably even better running backs next year. They got Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs, who's a stud from Alabama. So the running back position is very – like doesn't really have any value right now. Yeah, and you're, you know, it's the most, arguably one of the most dangerous positions in the game. So, you know, Saquon Barkley was a freak athlete coming out of Penn State. He's had how many knee surgeries now? Two or three. Mm -hmm. He's not the same guy. They're not going to give him a big, long extension. You know, hopefully that doesn't happen with B. John Robinson and Jameer Gibbs, but don't be surprised if those guys don't get extended in three, four years. Yep. And those teams are are drafting again. Yeah, and it's hard for teams to pay these guys when they get so many touches, and a lot of them get injured so much too. McCaffrey, a lot of touches, but he's like injured every single year. And there's many other cases of that. Zeke is injured a lot. Le'Veon Bell got injured a lot late in his career. Even Derrick Henry, I know he had a good year last year, but the year before, remember, broke his foot? So, I mean, there's just a lot of cases that running backs they don't last very long so it's hard if you put yourself in like a gm's perspective it's like why i understand these guys want to get paid i get it but why would i pay for something that could potentially set my franchise back five years when i can just draft another running back or sign one in free agency right and you can draft them late too on like day two day three yeah these I, these all pro guys i mean I could go down every team and list a running back example that they are replaceable. I mean, that sounds like shit to say, but they're replaceable. I mean, look at the Washington Redskins. They had Antonio Gibson. They signed a running back that got shot, right? They drafted one. Brian and Robinson. he's better than Antonio Gibson. After being shot. <laughs> After being shot. So it's like these guys, I mean, it sucks the position they're in right now, but they are interchangeable. It's just it is what it is. That's the facts of it. Yeah. So I don't know about them getting together. And maybe trying to resolve this issue. I don't know if that's going to work because these guys are going to sit out. And I think the GMs have all the leverage. And if they sit out, they're wasting a year of their prime. Anyway, right? And we know running backs really at 29-30, that's when they start to decline anyway. They're lucky to make it to that age. The days of Adrian Peterson and LaDainian Tomlinson and guys like that to, that are going to carry your franchise for 10 years. That's long gone. Yeah, it's gone. And we saw an example when Le'Veon Bell sat out. with He sat out a whole year with the Steelers, and he still didn't get paid Yep, what he wanted to get paid with the Jets. He probably signed the same exact deal he could have signed with the Steelers. Right. And he sat out a whole year, wasted a year of his career. Lost a lot of money sitting out a year. For yeah. what? Nobody wanted to sign him after that because they thought he was, you know, he had, his character was bad. I understand both sides. These guys want guaranteed money. The NFL is like the most cutthroat business in the world. They can offer you a $100 million contract, but if it's not guaranteed, they can cut you the next day and all that money's gone. But I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't really feel bad for them because they are making millions of dollars. They're still in the 99th percentile of the whole world. 
when it comes to salary. So it's really, I mean, I, I could see why, like if I was a player, I'd be like, yeah, I want to get my money right now. I could see it. But on the other hand, from like a human perspective and a GM perspective, it's like, all right, you want your money, but the value's not there and you're still making millions of dollars anyway. So I, I could see both sides. Yeah, it's it's they're not the quarterback, right? You know, mm -hmm. a running back, you can stock, stack the box and ultimately take them out of the game if you really want to. Quarterback, you know, maybe a wide receiver. Quarterback's the most important position in football. And yep. all the money is going to the quarterbacks right now. Because if you don't have a quarterback, you can't win. You could have the best running back in football. That You could have the best five running backs in football on the same team. If you don't have a quarterback, you're not going to win. Yep. So the position is definitely devalued right now. Oh, I don't know what they're going to do. It's They're in a tough situation. Yeah. But let's circling back to the betting odds for Dalvin Cook. Where do you think he's going to land right now? Um, this tells me that he's going to go to the Patriots because I think they're going to offer him the most money. Um, what do you think? I think right now Dalvin Cook, you know, being a Miami Central guy, you know, didn't really come from money. I think he's going to ultimately take the money. A guy like him, he's probably got two more years, three more years of making millions of dollars until he's on the veteran minimum, maybe a million dollars a year. Yeah. So if New England comes with six or seven million, he's going to take it. So I don't know if they have the cap space to do it. I know the Dolphins do. They're trying to shuffle money around right now to get the 10 million. Yeah. But for New England, I don't understand it either because they have the offensive line. They have Ramondre Stevenson running. We just went over running backs, not an important position in the NFL. Why move all this cap space around? And it's not going to move the needle for the Patriots. They're not going to be a Super Bowl contender with mm -hmm. or without Cook. But that's what we think, but that's not what they're thinking. Bill yeah. Belichick's thinking he can still win, and he's still out to prove people that he was more of the solution than Tom Brady was, which we all know is not true. Tom yep. Brady is the reason why they won the Super Bowls not Bill Belichick, so I hate that argument, right? It's like the players play and the coaches coach, but like you could have the best coaches in the world, but if the players aren't performing on the field, it doesn't fucking matter. Right. So in my opinion, that was always like 70 80% Tom Brady, 20 30% Bill Belichick. I mean, look, he never won anything before Tom Brady, and he's never going to win anything after Tom Brady because he doesn't have a quarterback unless he gets like Super Bowl winning quarterback or a stud or yeah like a like the first pick in the draft like a maybe a caleb williams coming yeah. out of usc but that guy ain't gonna win shit with mac jones no that guy sucks yeah they reached on mac jones i i can you know if i'm dalvin cook i'm thinking do i want to go to the military and play for bill belichick who is a military guy he, he's gonna tell you what time to wake up he, it's gonna be real structured and organized you're probably gonna hate your life playing for that team um learn a lot about football or do you want to go home to Miami, Florida, you know, live on South Beach, have a nice, you know, tropical lifestyle, Miami lifestyle, take a little bit less money, but being on a Super Bowl contender team. Mm -hmm. If I'm Dalvin Cook, I might, you know, you know, state taxes, no state taxes in Florida. I might weigh that option and just be like, let's go home to Miami, um, be around my family, play for my hometown team, take a little bit less money, but have a better lifestyle. And then just go from there and play with the Dolphins. If That's what I would yeah. do. But it is hard, though, right? Because since the position is so devalued, right? These guys want all the money they can get right now. Because the running backs, they feel disrespected. They feel like 
Why am I putting my body on the line? Why am I putting up all these numbers? And it doesn't even fucking matter. Yep. Even Josh Jacobs, career year. Like, best running back in football last year. They ain't paying him. No. They're not going to pay him. They're, they're not going to pay him. Why would the Raiders pay him when they signed Jimmy G and they got rid of the quarterback and they're trying to, like, figure out what they're going to do for the future? So you could have a pinnacle year at running back and, not get and paid. still not get paid. It yep. doesn't even matter. So I could see why the running backs are like, all right, fuck you. If you think I suck and you don't want to pay me, then I'm going to go whoever's going to give me the most money. Yep. I mean, I could see that, right? Because to them, it feels like their value and what they do is not being rewarded. So I could see them just being like, I'm going wherever the money is. Yeah. It sucks to see for the running backs, but I honestly think like protesting or, you know, whatever they're trying to plan for running back union, I think it's a waste of time. It sucks to say they're going to have to suck it up and, and just roll with the punches on that. Yeah. These guys are going to have to suck it up. Yeah. Honestly, because it's not going to change. The owners are going to be like, all right, don't play, whatever. We have the leverage. You don't have the leverage. I right. mean, we cut your salaries. We give you the paychecks. Yeah, no work, no check. If you don't play, you're right. not going to get paid. That, so the owners are probably like, all right, cool, whatever, you know? Yeah, it's better for the owners that they do all that stuff. Yeah, out. so, I mean, the position is just devalued, but it's not the most important position in football. Because if you look... Obviously, quarterback is the most important position, right? What's number two and number three and number four? O-line, corner, pass rusher, corner, right? And then you could even argue that linebackers and receivers are more important. Yep, for sure. So, I mean, their, their position is very devalued right now. And honestly, I blame that on Zeke and Le'Veon Bell. They fucking ruined the running back market. Zeke, I mean, Zeke was the last guy to get like a massive ass contract for the running backs. And he fell off a cliff so bad that all these other teams are like, wow, fuck that. You know, why, <laughs> why would we pay all that money? And this guy sucks. And they got someone named Tony Pollard, who's way better. Yeah. And I think Todd Gurley <laughs> had a lot to do with that. And too. Todd Gurley. I forgot about Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley coming out of Georgia, you know, he started over Nick Chubb and Sony at Georgia. And he was way better than them at Georgia. He was older, but still, everybody thought this guy was going to be like the next, like, you know, big thing at running back, the next Adrian Peterson, the next LaDainian Tomlinson. By year three or four, when he's ready for his next deal, he can't, his knees are shot. He can't cut. He can't do anything. So these teams are saying if that happened to Todd Gurley, you know, one of the best running back prospects ever, you know, six foot two, six foot three, 230 pounds, can run, catch. If it happened to him, it can happen to anybody. So, right. we're, you know, we saw the Rams went to the Super Bowl after they got rid of Todd Gurley a year or two later. Yep. So I think that's what the NFL teams, the GMs are smart. You know, it's a copycat league. They're learning from each other. Yep. Just running backs, are they're kind of screwed right now. Yeah, it's just a really risky investment to make. If you think about it from a GM perspective, it doesn't even make sense. It's like so risky to make that decision when there's like five or six other positions that are of higher need for every other team so i mean they're screwed right now i and think yeah there's so many you know wide variety of running backs sony michelle first round pick by the patriots starting running back his rookie year wins the super bowl scores a touchdown he's gone the next year mm -hmm. clyde edwards hilaire first round pick for the chiefs starts gets hurt they win the super bowl he's at the end of the bench gone, third yeah. fourth string he'll be gone mm -hmm. 
So, I mean, even if like, I mean, this is like a really low blow example, but look at the Falcons. They drafted Tyler Algier in like the sixth round. He ran for a thousand yards. Yep. I mean, the position is like super devalued right now. And there's so many good running backs. Like you can get them in the sixth round. Yeah, man, I think they're screwed, but, and I mean, I'm not trying to like shit on the running backs right now. Like if I was a running back in the NFL, I'd be doing the same fucking thing. Give me my money. Yep. But like at the same time, and I think they know it too. Like they understand that it's like, you know, running back isn't really that important right now. It's the league has changed from like a running league to a passing league. It's all about passing right now. It's all about quarterbacks and wide receivers. Yep. And a good O-line. Because, I mean, look at the Chiefs. The Chiefs won the Super Bowl. They have the best quarterback in football. And they have no run. I mean, they don't have a star running back. They have good running backs, serviceable running backs. But they don't have star running backs. Yep. Right? And Patrick Mahomes is in the Super Bowl like every other year, it feels like. Yeah, the past 10 years, there hasn't been a star running back. Really? Even when Tom Brady was winning all those Super Bowls, had James White. I mean, James White's a good running back, but... He's not an elite guy that had to get paid all that money. Right. So if you just go back and look at all the Super Bowl winners, most of them don't have elite running backs. Yeah. LeGarrette Blunt, James White, Sony Michelle for the Patriots. Um, look at the Eagles. Miles Sanders is not an elite running back. He's good. He's not elite. Yeah. But good, good can take you to the Super Bowl if you have a great quarterback. Yeah. The top guys, I mean... Jonathan Taylor, he's still on a rookie deal. Saquon Barkley's on a rookie deal. Those guys aren't going to get paid. Yeah, I feel bad for them. They're just going to have to suck it up. And maybe, like, they could get, like, a rule change, like, when they get drafted out of college where they sign, like, two-year deals. And then their contract year comes up faster than, like, a four-year deal. That's something they can fight for. Yeah, I mean. It's a good idea. I don't know. We'll see. But we're going to transition to topic number two right now. We're going to talk a little bit of UFC 291, Justin Gaethje versus Dustin Poirier 2. A lot of people are saying that the loser of this fight is going to retire. And there's another article. This one's by The Zone News. It basically talks about Khabib Nurmagomedov's trainer favoring Dustin Poirier and the second fight. Because he already knocked out Gaethje. And right now, DraftKings Sportsbook, the odds right now are minus 135, Dustin Poirier, and plus 115, Justin Gaethje. But before you give me your take on this, I want to read you a little stat. So the similarities between these two are insane. Right? So Justin Gaethje and Dustin Poirier, they're both 34 years old. They're both lightweight interim champions. They both lost to Khabib and Charles Oliveira by submission. They both have 13 letters in their name. They both fought for the UFC belt twice and lost. They both beat Michael Chandler. They both won their previous fight. Their first names rhyme with each other. Uh, they're both exciting to watch, right? And they both won. They both went 6-2 and two in their last uh, eight fights. So, I mean, the similarities are pretty crazy there. But give me your take. Do you think Dustin Poirier or Justin Gaethje has the edge in the second fight? This is so difficult. I think it's honestly a pick em. I would I wouldn't bet any money on this fight. I would just enjoy it as a UFC fan. Just sit back and watch the fight. Um, I guess I'd give it to Poirier. I, I, 
I don't know. You're Honest, a big Justin Gaethje fan, so that's big for you to say. Yeah, I thought, you know, nobody gave Gaethje a chance in his last fight against Fazeev, Fazev. I thought he was going to win that fight. Um, you were right on that. I lost money on that. I thought Fazev was going to win. You know, first round, he looked like the superior fighter, but kind of wore out later in the fight. So Yeah, Gaethje's battle-tested, man. He's fought everybody. So, you know, you 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 put him against Fazev. He hasn't fought anybody. He looks like the best fighter ever against, you know, amateurs. But then you put him up against Gaethje, and it's like, wow, it, there's a big difference um, from experience. But the problem is Poirier has all that same experience, yep. and he's bigger. So, and, he's bigger. and he's won before. Um, I don't know. I just have a weird feeling Gaethje's going to win. Um, I think he's more hungry than Poirier. I think Poirier's a little bit more laid back. I think Gaethje's a little tougher, but Poirier's just as tough. I feel like deep down you want Justin Gaethje to win, but your gut is telling you Dustin Poirier. I don't know. It's it's really a pick em for me. I mean, I, I'm i going to pick Dustin Poirier to win this fight. I think he's the better boxer. He's got the cleaner hands. He's got the better jiu-jitsu on the ground. And the fights that Dustin Poirier has lost recently, he's been submitted. Justin Gaethje doesn't take anybody down or he doesn't do any submissions. So for me, the only way Justin Gaethje can win this fight is if he knocks him out. I don't think he can outpoint him. I don't think he can take him down and win the fight. He can't submit him. He doesn't even try to do that. And it's just a bad matchup for Gaethje because Dustin Poirier has the cleaner hands. He's got the better boxing. So I think Dustin Poirier is rightly the favorite. Knocked him out in their, their first fight. So I think Dustin Poirier is going to win. I don't think there's going to be a finish in this fight. I think it's going to go to a decision. I don't think this fight is going to be as intense as the first one was. I think both of these guys are going to be a little bit more measured. And if you watch Justin Gaethje's last couple of fights, he's not the same reckless fighter as he used to be. Like in 2018, 2019, he's a little more measured now. So I think it's going to be less intense, but it's still going to be a great fight. But I would favor Dustin Poirier because um, his boxing is cleaner. Yeah, that's that's a good take. I just think Gaethje, he's a little bit more hungrier. I think if Gaethje loses, he's done. Yeah. I think if Poirier loses, he's not done. I, I think, think he's done too. I think whoever loses is going to retire. Yeah, because they're both they're both at that age. I they think, both said they're on like their last run anyway. And 155 is so brutal, man. That That's like by far... You know, there's a top five in that division, but then like six, seven, and eight are... You know, they should be in the top five yeah and you got to think too uh this fight is definitely going to take years off their life too i yeah. mean the first fight was fucking brutal man that fight was i mean they definitely lost years after that fight and that it, was insane that first fight both of them got messed up by chandler you know they both won mm -hmm. they both fought khabib they both got messed up by Oliveira. Yep. i i don't know i think somehow poirier wouldn't retire i think he'd try to work his way back up to the top Mm -hmm. But I just think Gaethje's a little bit more hungrier. I think Gaethje's like do or die. So I think he's going to have the edge. Yep. And like you said, he's not as reckless as he used to be. I think, you know, those leg kicks, those powerful leg kicks, he's going to take mm -hmm. Poirier's um, legs from him, his stamp, you know, his, his legs from him, his stamina, his endurance. And I think, you know, Gaethje, he's not going to put himself in harm's way as much. Yeah. I'm looking at their last three fights each so we got Gaethje beats Fizev by decision gets knocked out by Oliveira right those were his last two fights and then 
he beat Michael Chandler in a decision. Those were Gaethje's last three fights. So two decisions, and he got knocked out, right? If you look at Poirier, his last couple of fights, got submitted by Oliveira. He didn't get knocked out like Gaethje did. Got submitted by Khabib, but that was a while ago. But he knocks out McGregor and chokes out Michael Chandler. Chandler. So he has more impressive wins as of late than Justin Gaethje. He's a little bit more well-rounded everywhere, in my opinion, than Gaethje. This is a bad matchup for Justin Gaethje. Um, you know, Poirier, he's kind of matchup proof because he can do everything. Right. The only, uh, the only people that beat uh, Dustin Poirier are like elite jujitsu grappler guys, right? And you can make the same case with Justin Gaethje, but I just feel like Dustin Poirier is a little bit more well-rounded everywhere. And if you look at that first fight, his boxing was so much cleaner than Gaethje's. But, you know, they both took a lot of damage. So I would favor Dustin Poirier. I'm going to go decision in this fight. I don't think there's going to be a knockout in this one. Just because Gaethje doesn't fight that way anymore. He's a little bit more um, measured the way he fights now. Um, so, yeah, I don't I don't like the fact that when he fought Fazev, that could have went either way. And he looked a little slow in that fight. The speed advantage that he did not have. And that fight kind of concerned me. And then he got knocked out by a jiu-jitsu specialist, Charles Oliveira. So, I mean, I don't know. I think Gaethje, if you look at his last couple of fights, he's a little bit declining a little bit more than Poirier is. So I would favor Poirier in that fight. Yeah, it's tough, man. It's going to be a great fight, though. It's exciting. You know, the UFC seems like they just get better and better. You know, Dana White was picking these... I mean, it's not a super fight, but it's like... It's for the BMF title, though. Yeah. Jorge Masvidal is relinquishing his title. So, I mean, it's for a belt, technically. And pretty much the winner of this fight is going to fight the winner of Oliveira and Makachev, pretty much. So, this is like a title eliminator. Whoever wins this fight is going to fight for the belt after that. So You don't think um, Volk is going to fight the winner of Makachev and Oliveira? I mean, yes, that could potentially happen. I know Volk was going to have like a little surgery. So, I mean, we'll see because the winner of this fight, they might take so much damage that they need time off. And I know Volk just got surgery. So I I guess it just depends on who's healthier when the time comes. And then you don't know if Makachev and Oliveira are going to take massive damage in that fight too. So I guess the timetables kind of depend on that one. If all else is equal, yeah, Volk will probably get the shot before them. But if I was Gaethje or Poirier and I won this fight, I will just... Wait until that happens, until the Volk-Makachev hypothetical fight happens, and then I'd fight the winner of that. Yeah, and it's they're at that age, 34 years old, right? Um, we see Usman's 34 years old. I know it's a different division, but he's slowly regressing. So, you know, definitely one of these fighters is going to take a lot of damage, possibly both. So I think, I don't think ultimately they're going to win the belt, the 155 belt, because they're going to beat each other up so bad. It's kind of, they're kind of just going to fade off after this. Mm-hmm. But this is like the last fight for both of them where it's like all in. Like they're, they're basically whoever wins is going to fight for the title, and they both know that. So it, yeah. it's going to be a great fight. Yeah, I mean, in the first fight, I mean, Justin Gaethje took massive head damage. I mean, he had like over 100 shots to the head. And even Poirier, I mean, he said after the fight that uh, Gaethje tore his quad because he got hit in the leg so much. He got kicked oh. in the leg so much. So, I mean, yeah, this fight is going to be, it's going to be brutal. But both of these guys know there's, there's a lot at stake. 
right? Because if you win, you get the bad motherfucker belt, the BMF belt, and then you get to fight for the title. I mean, yeah. so this fight is going to be, it's going to be intense, but not as intense as the first one, in my opinion. It's going to be no. a little bit more measured. It's not going to be that crazy ass pace like more the first one was. I mean, yeah. that one was like ridiculous. That's when Gaethje didn't give a shit. When he just marched forward and he's going to take whatever you throw and then he's going to return and try to fuck you up. <laughs> and do you think Gaethje's going to try and wrestle at all in this fight? Or, I mean, I guess he hasn't really wrestled in the UFC ever. No, and even if he does, Poirier's a, a black belt on the ground, jiu-jitsu. So it's a bad matchup for Gaethje. Yeah. Because Poirier does everything Justin Gaethje does a little bit better. I mean, maybe Gaethje's a better wrestler because he was an all-American wrestler. But he never uses it. But it's different. UFC wrestling and American USA wrestling is very different because jujitsu is involved in this one, right? And if you look, right, Khabib submitted Gaethje pretty easily. Took him down and there was like barely any resistance. I mean, at least when Poirier got taken down with Khabib, that he almost finished him with a guillotine. Yep. So he's got superior ground skills. So that's not really smart for Gaethje to do that, in my opinion. Because look at, I mean, even uh, Poirier submitted Michael Chandler, too. Yep. I don't think either of them try to go to the ground in this fight. I think it's just going to be a stand-up, you know, more calculated, more technical fight than the first one. But, you know, who really wants to go to the ground? Who wants to see that? You know, Gaethje knows he's he's always trying to put on a show. Poirier, you know, he's not as flashy like a Gaethje, but he's as tough as they come, and his fights are amazing to watch. I think it's going to just be... A stand-up fight. I think the only way Justin Gaethje can win this fight is if he knocks him out. I'm going. With, I'm going with the Gaethje knockout. Because I don't. I don't see another path to victory for Justin Gaethje. I really don't. Because Dustin Poirier, like we're saying, he's the better boxer, the more technical boxer, better hands. So if they stand up, I don't think he can win a stand-up match with uh, Dustin Poirier. Like he can't outpoint him to a decision. I don't see that. Possibly. It's unlikely. He has no jujitsu. He can't submit him on the ground. Pori is a better jujitsu artist on the ground. So, and Justin Gaethje, he doesn't fight like the way Michael Chandler fought Dustin Poirier. He's not going to take him down and hold him there. That's not what he does. Yeah. So the only way I can see Gaethje win in this fight is if he knocks him out, which I don't really see, honestly. I got Gaethje by knockout. I'm surprised the odds were that low. I thought if, like, I didn't even look at the odds... I would have said Poirier is like a two to one favorite. Yeah. Like what what do you think the odds would have been if like you didn't know it was minus one thirty five Dustin Poirier? Like, would you think he was like a higher betting favorite? I'd say like one fifty, one sixty. Right. So you would have thought it would have been a little bit more Poirier too. Yeah. I so. mean, I don't know how they make the odds for fighting, but I just think they they're seeing what Gaethje did against Fazev, his last fight. You know, Fazev was top six. Looked impressive. He he kind of dominated him towards the end of the fight and showed that he wasn't as reckless. And, he you know, he could throw punches and kicks with the best of them. But like you said, Poirier is a different animal. But I, I like the underdog. You know, it's close. So if I'm betting, I'm taking Gaethje because he's got plus odds. And I just, I don't know. I have a weird feeling he's going to win. He has looked a little chinny lately, though, I think. Gaethje. He, he got caught by Fazev a couple times where I was like, oh, okay. You know, and then he got knocked out by Oliveira in the first round when they fought. So don't know. I mean, Michael Chandler, he chinned him a little bit, too, when they fought. So 
He's a little more chinny too, in my opinion, than Dustin Poirier is also. Oh, they're both they're both badasses. It, it's yeah. it's fitting that they're that the, it's for the BMF belt. Yeah, that will definitely be a great fight. We'll definitely be tuning into that one for sure. But let's move on to topic number three, right? So Madden twenty four ratings. Um. So your boy Lamar Jackson's not happy about this. So this is according to USA Today. It says Lamar Jackson among those not thrilled with latest NFL player scores according to USA Today, right? The Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson isn't too happy with how the game ranks him among his fellow signal callers. So he tweeted um, after the rankings came out. He said, I'm going to just move my rating to a 99 when I get the game. Uh, Madden ranked him at 91, and I'm going to list the top 10 right now. So we got Mahomes 1, Burrow 2, Allen 3, Lamar 4, Hurts 5, Justin Herbert 6, Dak Prescott 7, Aaron Rodgers 8, Kirk Cousins 9, Tua Tua. number 10. The Jacksonville Jaguars (laughs) fan page tweeted a picture of Trevor Lawrence, and they said, I bet, right? And the Chargers said that list was cat on their Twitter. Uh, so what are your thoughts on the new Madden rankings? I think they're shit. Um, but what's your opinion on them? I think Madden has progressively gotten worse over the years. And this is why, um, you know, they, they obviously play the favorites just like the media does. You know, everybody's in love with the Dallas Cowboys. There's no reason Dak Prescott should be ahead of those guys that you just named, like Aaron Rodgers, um, like a Trevor Lawrence. Uh, we saw Trevor Lawrence in the playoffs last year. I think against the Chargers, he threw like four or five picks at home, and they came back and won. So maybe they, you know, his awareness is a little down. Um, that's a big QB stat and Madden. I know that. You know, yeah, look- but bro, like, are you fucking taking Dak Prescott over Trevor Lawrence? Nobody in the NFL that watches football is taking Dak Prescott over Trevor Lawrence, the guy that led the league in interceptions. Come on. No, that that's what I said. The Cowboys, they're just, I guess they're America's team, so they, they're always favored. You know, everybody loves them for whatever reason. Um, I think they're just, I think they're they're rating these players based on their career instead of how they are right now. Like Dak Prescott in college, he, he played on the number one team in college at Mississippi State. He beat Alabama. He was like a second-round pick. So they're just t- thinking about, like, overall legacy um Lamar Jackson out of 91 I think that's fair for Lamar you know he didn't play last year he played like half the season Josh Allen at 94 I have no problem with that he looked he's a little trigger happy turns the ball over a lot uh still can do everything Joe Burrow I think it's fair you know what was he like 95 95 number two ranked quarterback matter I think they got Joe Burrow right um he's been to the Super Bowl you know won the national championship at LSU just has that that it factor to him. Patrick Mahomes obviously is a 99 best quarterback in the league. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan. I like how they had two in the top 10. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, the the whole Dak Prescott thing is like throwing me off. The guy yeah. missed games last year and he still led the league in picks. So I'm going to go over guys that are ranked below him and I'm going to compare them to Dak Prescott. Like, Who would you rather have? Would you rather have Aaron Rodgers or Dak Prescott? Rodgers. Would you rather have Tua or Dak Prescott? Mm. I'd take Tua over Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott sucks, in my opinion. He's trash. Yeah, I'd take Tua. I mean, he's so garbage. 
that like he missed four or five games and he still came back and led the league in picks. And because the defense carried him, he lost a playoff game to a rookie who didn't throw for any yards in the playoffs. And he threw like three picks in the playoffs. He's trash. Dak Prescott fucking sucks. He had one good playoff game. I think it was against what? The Buccaneers? Bro, I saw a stat. He's got the same amount of playoff wins as Blake Bortles. <laughs> Damn. That guy, he's the most overrated quarterback of all time is Dak Prescott. I'd take Kirk Cousins over Dak Prescott. Yeah, I would say Kirk I'll Cousins. I'll take Aaron Rodgers over him. I'd take Kirk Cousins over him. I'd take Tua over him. I'll take Trevor Lawrence over him. Let's see who else. I'll take Geno Smith over him. I'll take Jared Goff over him. I'll take Kyler Murray over him. Fuck it, I said it. Uh, yep. You know, and that's where Dak Prescott should belong. Like, 14, right where, 15. like, Jimmy Garoppolo is, like, a 77, where Russell Wilson is 77 overall rating. There ain't no way that guy's an 87 overall. Yeah, I think Russell Wilson's going to have a, a way better year this year. I think he's going to creep up, you know, back into, like, 84, 85 range. But they think Dak Prescott's the seventh best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, that's crazy to me. I mean, you know, I expect it, though, you know, because the Cowboys, they're America's team. They get all the primetime games, the Sunday night games. You know, for whatever reason, they just everybody loves that team and they're biased towards the Cowboys. So he's he's a Cowboys quarterback. He's going to be top 10. Yeah, but he sucks. Dak Prescott. Yep. I mean, like, that, like the backup I, arguably arguably played better than him. Yeah, he did. And I don't even remember the backup's name. And he obviously played like... <laughs> Cooper Rush? Cooper Rush. Bro, Cooper Rush played just as good as Dak Prescott. Yep. I mean, the guy has the same amount of wins as Blake Bortles in the playoff and lost to a rookie in the playoffs. I mean, that's why a lot of people say Madden has regressed. You know, they play favorites. Um, the gameplay hasn't gotten much better. You know, the graphics are a little better, but it, it used to be more fun, you know, on the, the older consoles. Mm. I don't know, but... Yeah, that's that's an issue. I don't I don't have Dak in my top ten at they all. They have him the same as Justin Herbert. Who the hell do you know is taking Dak Prescott over Justin Herbert? Nobody. I'm I'm a Justin Herbert hater, and I know for there's a huge gap between Herbert. You don't even like Justin Pre Herbert, and you would take him over Dak Prescott. Yep. And you would take Aaron Rodgers over Dak Prescott. I think they're thinking about Dak like how he used to be. Like you know he could run, he can throw, but he doesn't run anymore. He he turns the ball over a lot. Absurd. Yeah, would you take absurd. you would take two over Dak Prescott? Yeah, I would. If you guaranteed they're healthy, you would take two over him. For Absolutely, sure. but you can't guarantee either of them are going to be healthy. But I'd still take two. Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence for sure. What about uh, Geno Smith? Yep, I'd take Geno. Jared Goff. Yep. Kyler take, Murray. Mm, Kyler's hurt a lot. I'd, yeah, I'd still take Kyler. Derek Carr. Hmm. That's getting. That's where he. That's where his range is. I'd say Derek. I'd take Derek Carr. Deshaun Watson. I'd take Deshaun Watson too, but okay. he hasn't played. So we're at quarterback sixteen right now. Jimmy Garoppolo. No, I'm not taking Jimmy G over Dak. Russell Wilson. I'd take Russell Wilson over Dak. Okay, so you got Dak Prescott at seventeen. Yep. That's what I would have him at. He's middle to below average, in my opinion. So that was absurd. And we're not we're not Cowboys haters, but we're not biased either. Like we're not Cowboys fanboys. You know, we're just calling it how we see it, how we see the mm -hmm. Cowboys on a national stage. We all know that they're favored by the media, you know, they're America's team, whatever. Yep. You know, CeeDee Lamb, he makes he makes Dak look good on some plays, but it's it is a little absurd that 
He's like top 10. Top seven. Insane. I'm going to give you my uh, top five quarterback rankings who, from last year and going forward, who I think is the best. I got Mahomes at one, Burrow two, Allen three. I'm going to go Herbert four, Trevor Lawrence five, Lamar six. Then I'm going to go Jalen Hurts seven, Aaron Rodgers eight. Now, those are my top eight. Top eight, I'd, I'd, I'm pretty similar. I'd go Mahomes, Burrow. Mahomes and Burrow at one and two is like the obvious. You can't change those. And Josh Allen at three. Yep. Top three is no debate. Four, I'd go Lamar. I just think Lamar's, you know, youngest MVP ever. Change, not change the game, but, you know, kind of like has that Michael Vick factor where he can just take over a game. So I still got him at four. Jalen Hurts for me is not at five. I know Jalen Hurts had an amazing year last year. Probably would have won the MVP if he didn't get hurt those last three games. But I want to see him do that again. You know, I saw a lot of Jalen Hurts in college. I'm still a college football guy. Mm-hmm. Watch every game on Saturdays. I don't see him doing this again. I think the only reason he did it is because of the line that's protecting him. I don't know. Jalen Hurts balled the fuck out in the Super Bowl. Yeah, and he's got an all-star offense, man. Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, the best offensive line in football, the best center ever to play football. So, I mean, if he has another year like that, I'm putting him over Lamar Jackson. Jalen Hurts? I don't think he can do it again. Um, it And, again, Lamar. Why not? They got the best O-line, best D-line, great receivers. And it's a we- the thing with me is it's a weak conference. The NFC is so garbage. You know, there's four teams in the NFC. Realistically, mm-hmm. there's three. There's the Eagles, the Niners, and the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. And then to me, Dallas is number four, but there's kind of a drop off from there's Seattle. Drop, yeah. So, so you got Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, Lamar. Who's your fifth? Fifth, I don't have Hurts. I'm gonna go Herbert. Yeah, I'm gonna put Herbert at five. Um, I'm it, gonna put I'm gonna put Hurts at six for now, and then Trevor Lawrence, and then Rogers. And then Rodgers. I didn't like how Rodgers looked, even though he's, you know, two-time MVP in the past, like, four years. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think Rodgers, especially this year, Rodgers is going to take a couple of games to get used to that offense in New York. We haven't seen an offense in New York since when? Joe Namath, <laughs> 60 yeah. years ago. So that's that's unpromising. Um, Aaron Rodgers is old. So I like Lawrence. He you know he's got better legs. He can run. Yep. He's the best prospect ever at quarterback. Yeah. Right. I mean the guy's got so much upside. He threw four picks in the first half and then threw four touchdowns in the second half. And he might have ran for one in that game too. So I mean, the upside's insane there. Do you think two is a top ten quarterback like Madden does? I think he is because of the system he plays in. I I honestly, man, I would take Tua over. Um, is Tua, is Tua over Geno Smith? Yep. Jared Goff? Yep. Kyler Murray? Right now he is because Kyler's out. But Derek Carr? When, when healthy, I like Kyler. Derek Carr? Uh, Derek Close. Carr fucking sucks, in my opinion. Yeah. I'm, you love Derek Carr, and my dad loves Derek Carr. I don't know why. He doesn't do anything. It was impressive when, when Gruden got fired in the middle of the year and Derek Carr kind of wheeled their team to a playoff. And then they lost in the playoffs? Yeah. In the first round? That's, I, you know, and then you bring a new head coach in and he looks garbage the next year. So And they should have been better. They got Devontae Adams. Yeah. They, they way underperformed last year, the Raiders. Yeah, but it was a rookie head coach. Look look at the, the Broncos last year. 
The guy got fired in like the first 10 games of the season with the rookie head coach. I mean, I think the Broncos are still going to suck with Sean Payton. That team, I was looking at that roster. They That roster sucks, bro. It, yeah, for the AFC, it sucks. Yeah, that team that team's garbage. I don't see, maybe they'll win one or two more games than they did last year, but I think the Broncos are just straight garbage. But for me, Kirk Cousins, I don't have Kirk Cousins in my top 10. He's He's like... I'm trying to I'm trying to think of a comparison. To me, Kirk Cousins is like he's he, better than Dak Prescott. Kirk Cousins? Yeah, I take him over Dak, but he, you know, he's just he never wins the big games, the the primetime games. You know, but you he, could say that about a lot of these guys. Yeah, but his stats, like not even in the playoff games, just like Monday night football. He's like three and Kirk 10. Cousins got low key crazy stats. Yeah, he's got he's got good stats and he's a good player. But to me, he's not top ten quarterback in the NFL. Just based on sheer talent. Maybe they have him there because of his stats and his durability. Bro, the guy threw for 4,600 yards and 29 touchdowns last year. Yeah. I don't think he's going to do that again. And I think a lot of that, you know, was just the offense that he was playing in. You know, with Kevin O'Connell coming over from the Rams. They're running that Cooper Cup offense with Mm -hmm. Justin Jefferson. You know, they lost Dalvin Cook. That's going to be... That's not really a downgrade, though. I don't think so. I mean, they're still going to throw it. And they still have Madison, so. Yeah. I mean. I mean, I know you like Dak Prescott. You think it's a downgrade. It's not going to affect the team because what we're talking about, the position so devalued right now anyway. Yeah, Dalvin Cook. I mean. And every time Madison comes in, he balls out anyway, so. I don't think Madison's going to be good as a one. I I mean, I don't hate Kirk Cousins. I just don't think he's a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. I'm taking Kyler Murray over him when he's healthy, just based on sheer talent. Like, who I'm starting a team with. But you're sleeping on Kirk Cousins. No, I'm I'm not the biggest Kirk Cousins fan, but I'm not a Kirk Cousins hater either. Bro, check this out. Last year, 4,600 yards. 2021, 4,200 yards. 2020, 4,200 yards. 2019, 36. But then we go back 2018, 4,200 yards. 4,000, almost 5,000. What year was that? 2016, he almost threw for 5,000 yards. Washington? In Washington, yeah. Yeah, those are insane, the sh- bro. This guy puts up good numbers, low key. Like, he's been on a lot of good teams. You know, that was a Shanahan team in Washington, and he's always high twenties in touchdowns, low thirties every single year. Yeah, I I think a lot of his stats are garbage time stats too. I know the Vikings had a good year last year, um, but he just he plays in a lot of high scoring games, shootout games. But why is why is Dak Prescott ranked higher than Kirk Cousins when Kirk Cousins has better stats, right? Why? He's had better stats every single year than probably out of those eight years, he's probably outperformed Dak Prescott in five or six of those years. No, I'm not. No, yeah. I so don't why have, is he? Why is Dak Prescott above Kirk Cousins? That makes no sense. I don't have an answer for that. I don't have Dak in my top 10. I don't have Kirk Cousins in my top 10. Um, but it, a lot of this depends on the teams these guys play on, too, and the systems they play on. Like, even not... I always think about Mahomes. Like, yeah, he's the best, but if he didn't have Andy Reid as his head coach, if he had Bill Belichick as his head coach, he's not going to be putting up these insane numbers. I think he would because what has... How many Super Bowls Andy Reid won before Patrick Mahomes? Was it one? Maybe no, one. I don't think he won one. No, he didn't win him. Really. Right. And then Patrick Mahomes comes, he wins two. Yeah, and Travis Kelsey. So it's player over coach all day long. Yeah. I just think he's with that that offense that he's in with that play caller. I think a lot of it has to do with that. Um, mm-hmm. He's still, he would still be the best player in the NFL. I just think he has his stats and 
you know, highlight plays are way above everybody else. You know, if you put Josh Allen on that team, I think it's going to look really similar. Yep. They're both, they both gamble a lot, kind of turn the ball over, you know, a little more uh, liberal with the ball, but that's good for the NFL. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, the days of Peyton Manning and conservatism at quarterback is over. You know, they want to sell tickets with offense, but going yeah. back to Madden, I just think Madden has, has slowly regressed throughout the years. Definitely. For sure. The gameplay and the graphics haven't really gotten better, but and the rankings too. That's why a lot of people don't like to buy Madden anymore, is because all these these favorite teams are they're just biased. Yep. Let's uh move on to the running backs though. Do you think Nick Chubb is the best running back in football? That's what Madden says. I don't think so. I think he's top five. Um I think he's the best pure runner. Like nobody runs between the tackles better than Nick Chubb. I would I'd agree with that. So if he's the best runner, um, all these other guys are mainly like runners. I mean, maybe McCaffrey over him, but I don't know. It's difficult, man. I'm, I don't want to sound like a Nick Chubb hater. Nick Chubb started over Sony at Georgia, and Sony ran for 2,000 yards in eighth grade in high school, which is insane. It's an insane stat. So when you do something like that and start over a guy like that, you know, Nick Chubb can squat – 1200 pounds like the bar breaks when he's squatting there's there's nobody that's built like nick chubb even in high school they showed him like running track this guy's like 230 pounds all muscle but he's like the most consistent of the running backs because every year he's in like the top three for rushing every single year so he's like the most consistent i feel like out of all these guys which is why they probably gave him the number one ranking probably got the best vision too if you look at the tape um he also plays with the best line too. That's that's a big factor. That's true. How here we go shitting on the Cowboys again. How the hell is Tony Tony Pollard in eighty eight? You know oh, why? Because it's America, the Cowboys, America's team. They got Tony Pollard over Joe Mixon. You think Tony no. Pollard's better than Joe Mixon? No. Nope. Think he's better than Aaron Jones? Mm, nope. Think he's on par with Jonathan Taylor? Absolutely not. Not even close. Maybe he's better than Alvin Kamara because Alvin Kamara is starting to regress a little bit. Yeah, he had a better year last year. But is Tony Pollard? I don't know, man. They even gave Zeke an 84 rating. <laughs> I was just going to bring up Zeke. A lot of people shit oh on my Zeke. God. Um, you guys got to remember, Tony Pollard was the backup to Zeke last year. Zeke sucks. So when Tony Pollard comes in the game, he's fresh. Zeke just carried the ball, you know, five, ten times on the drive. Tony Pollard comes in and, and takes an end around for 30, 40 yards. So he he had all these big plays last year, but it's he's not a between-the-tackles guy. How is Zeke rated above Najee Harris? I, America's team. <laughs> he's rated over Damian Pierce, too. Damian Pierce was good last year yeah. on a shitty Texans team. They also have a good line. The Texans have a good know. offensive line. Zeke's regressed. He's, you know, he's nowhere near the same player he was coming out of Ohio State. But here's that bias again, America's team. Tony Pollard was a backup running back in college. He was a kick returner. He was he I watched him play. He played against UCF. He played at Memphis. He was a good player, but he's he sat behind Daryl Henderson. And he was he's just like a scat back to me. He's not a number one running back. You're nope. not gonna line him up. And, you know, run him between the tackles 25 times a game. There's no way. And how is Jonathan Taylor below Austin Eckler and the same as Tony Pollard? 
I know he had a down year, but I mean, let's use the eye test in real life. Like that, Jonathan Taylor's yeah. way better than Austin Eckler or Tony Pollard. That's how that's what we do, the eye test. You know, a lot is built on stats and analytics in today's game. I always revert back to the eye test. Tony Pollard, he had some flashy plays. He's a scat back. That's, you know, on a good day, he's a decent running back, but he's really a scat back, you know, a, a gadget type player. But it, it's just the bias. You know, I, Jonathan Taylor's way better than Tony Pollard at running back. Insane. Um, I could probably name you like 10 running backs better than Tony Pollard. Crazy, man. These guys are on cocaine or weed or something. <laughs> yep. It's that, that Dallas Cowboys, man. You know, they're smoking that Dallas Cowboys pack. I don't know what yep. they're doing over there. <laughs> All right, let's look at the receivers real quick, and let's wrap it up. So we got uh, Jefferson at one, Tyreek Hill two, Devontae Adams three, Cooper Cup four, Stefan Diggs five, Jamar Chase six. The wide receiver list is just as bad. I would still say Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver in the NFL. Yep. I mean, I think he had a better year last year than Jefferson. I know Jefferson had the most receiving yards, but Adams had more catch. I think he had more catches and more touchdowns. More touchdowns, yep. So by far more touchdowns. Um, I would still say Adams is the best. I would say Jefferson is the second best. I would go Jamar Chase at three, Tyree Kill four, and Cooper Cup at five, with Stefan Diggs at number six, right outside the top five. That would be my top five list. So it'd be Adams, Jefferson, Chase. Hill, Cooper Cup. What do you think about that top five? That's fair. I mean, you and I are like flip-flop on the LSU guys. You like Jefferson more. I, I think Jamar Chase is better. I mean, the stats would say Jefferson's better. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. And he wasn't, you know, Jamar Chase had more touchdowns at LSU. He was the number one guy. But, I mean, Justin He didn't have Jefferson, more catches, though. He didn't have more catches. No, he didn't. And what Jeff, Justin Jefferson has done, you know, these past two years... It's hard for me to put him anywhere lower than three, mm-hmm. but I do agree with you. I think, you know, just from the eye test, no numbers involved. Devontae Adams, there's nobody that can cover Devontae Adams in the mm-hmm. NFL. He's matchup proof. Yeah, I would say, just going back to that Jefferson and Jamar Chase argument, I would say right now, Justin Jefferson is the better receiver, but I do think Jamar Chase has more upside because he plays with a better quarterback. So I think Jamar Chase has a little bit more upside than Justin Jefferson. Doesn't mean he's going to have a better career or doesn't mean he's going to be better. But there is probably a little bit more potential there over Justin Jefferson. But right now, Justin Jefferson's king over Jamar Chase. Yeah, I just think longevity, too. I think Jamar Chase will have a better career. You know, he's a bigger body guy, stronger, you know, stronger hands. I think Justin Jefferson just has pure willpower over everybody. He just wants it more. I think he's a better route runner, too. Yeah, better route runner. And I, I would say that's why Devontae Adams is number one. He's the best route runner in football. Yeah, and you you can't, you know, he outjumps everybody. You know, all the jump balls, he wins those. He's Moss, you know, Patrick Sertan in the end zone, the best corner in the NFL. There's nobody you can stick on him. But back to Jefferson and Chase, I think Jefferson's going to have a shorter career just because he's a smaller body. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to get the shit beat out of him for the next five years and never be the same. Yep. I think as long as Jamar Chase is with Joe Burrow, that that combination, I think, you know, T. Higgins is there too, so he's going to take a lot of the the wear and tear. I just think Jamar Chase 
is in a way better situation than Jefferson. Mm-hmm. They're winning games. They're going to the Super Bowl. Jefferson has to do so much just for them to get into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, so for that reason, I mean, I guess Jefferson's two. I think Tyree Kill is. is but three. what is your? You have uh, who do you have number one? You have Adams or Jefferson? Adams is one. I'm gonna give Jefferson number two for now. Uh huh. And then Tyree Kill is three for me. Um, and then Chase four. And then I'm gonna give Jamar Chase four. And then I'm going Cooper Cup number five. Um, and Dig six. And Dig six. I mean, other guys: AJ Brown, CD Lamb, Mari Cooper. Yeah, I think I think Dix is Diggs is solid number six. Yeah. Right now. I remember a couple of years ago, me and you were talking like about, you know, because Amari Cooper and Diggs were in that same draft class and everyone was saying that Diggs was better. But Amari Cooper, he's like probably number eight. I think I'd take AJ Brown over Amari Cooper just because of the body. Yep. And maybe, no, I won't say DK Metcalf. Just AJ Brown at, at seven, Amari Cooper eight, and then maybe like DK Metcalf nine, somewhere around there. I mean, we did a reel on that. I mean, DK Metcalf's numbers aren't that impressive. No. He's just a physical specimen. Right. Like Mike Evans has better numbers than DK Metcalf. Yeah. So I like Mike Evans. I still like Mike Evans better than DK Metcalf. It's just he's not going to perform that well this year with Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Um, For fantasy football purposes, though, Justin Jefferson is probably king next year. He's yeah. probably the best. I do think he's going to have a little bit of a regression. Had a pinnacle year last year. I don't think he's going to do that again, you know. Now they have Hawkinson for a full year, signed Jordan Addison. So um, they drafted him, right? So I don't think he's going to have the same year. I think he's going to regress a little bit, maybe 1,600 yards instead of 1,800 yards. Um, I do think Jamar Chase is going to have a better year, though, in fantasy. He was hurt a couple games last year, but now we're going into year four of Joe Burrow, year three of Jamar Chase. Um, I do think Jamar Chase is going to have a, a blow-up year this year. I think he's going to have a great year. M- possibly might have a better year than Justin Jefferson. Um, Tyreek Hill, pinnacle year last year. I think he's going to regress a little bit, too. I think Jalen Waddle is going to um, kind of close that gap a little bit. Uh, Devontae Adams. I think Devontae Adams will regress. He's not going to score 14 touchdowns again. Not with Jimmy, with Jimmy Garoppolo. No. There's no fucking way. Derek Carr was... Um, on the Devontae Adams bandwagon, his best friend. He's throwing him the ball every single time last year. Devontae Adams definitely going to regress. Uh, Cooper Cup, it's going to be interesting to see um, how Cooper Cup bounces back with Matthew Stafford, but they have no wide receivers there, so Cooper Cup doesn't get hurt. He's going to have a good year. Yep. I think Stefan Diggs is going to regress too. Um, I think he's unhappy there in Buffalo. Uh, I don't think he's happy with Josh Allen. Josh Allen stunk it up in the playoffs, didn't throw Stefan Diggs the ball in that game. I think Stefan Diggs will regress a little bit too. Uh, let's see. Where's Calvin Ridley at? Well, Calvin Ridley, I think, is going to have a blow up here. Um, I mean, he's low on the list. He hasn't played in a while, so he's pretty low. So a lot of the top guys that Madden has, I think, are going to regress a little bit. Uh, Jefferson, pinnacle year. Uh, he's had a pinnacle year like two, three years in a row. I mean, you know, this is like the stock market that's going to come down eventually. Tyreek Hill, best year of his uh, career last year. I think he's going to come down a little bit. Same with Adams. Cooper Cup, uh, we'll see. Stefan Diggs is going to come down a little bit. Like I was saying, he's not happy with the situation there. I think out of those guys, I think Jamar Chase is going to have a blow-up year. Year four, Burrow. Year three, Jamar Chase. 
I think Amari Cooper is going to have a great year this year. Uh, yep. Second year in the system with Deshaun Watson. I think number one receiver over there. Madden really likes him. I think he's going to blow up number eight wide receiver. They think he is. Um, AJ Brown. I'm not like super sold on AJ Brown this year. Jalen Hurts pinnacle year last year. I don't know if he's going to do that again. Um, Devontae Smith out targeted from week two to week 17 out targeted AJ Brown every single game. So I don't know if AJ Brown's going to have that same year he did last year. Uh, CD lamb, not really sure about CD lamb. Um, because Dak Prescott just sucks, so not really sure how he's going to do there. Wide receivers that I do think are going to blow up this year. Amon Ross St. Brown. Contract year. Good odds in Vegas with the Lions. Uh, Jameson Williams is suspended. Amon Ross St. Brown is going to have a blow-up year. Yep. Um, Jalen Waddle, I think, is going to have a blow-up year. Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley, blow-up year. He's pissed at the NFL. He's going to explode this year. Garrett Wilson, I think, is going to explode this year. Um, finally has a good quarterback. And when Aaron Rodgers has a favorite receiver, he targets them a lot. I mean, look at uh, Devontae, Devontae Adams. Adams. Aaron Rodgers was even comparing Garrett Wilson to they are really Devontae similar. Adams they are similar. In, in training camp. So, I mean, I think look for, I think my three favorite guys to blow up this year is Chase, Amon Ross, St. Brown, and Garrett Wilson. I think those guys are going to explode this year. Yeah. I think that's fair, and a lot of that, you know, is catered to the system they're in. These mm-hmm. these SEC and Big Ten receivers, man, like, you know, Alabama, LSU. Alabama's Calvin Ridley, Amari Cooper, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, and then you got, you know, LSU, the two big LSU guys. You got the two Ole Miss guys, A.G. Brown, D.K. Metcalf. But Those, who do you think is going to blow up and, like, regress this year? Regress, I the way the league looks, you know, just all offense, you know, no defense. I don't think anybody's gonna take a huge step back because you know it's they're not gonna end up in the same rankings, you know, as ESPN and Madden have them. You know, they interchange every year, so some people are gonna blow up and some are gonna regress. So, who would I'd, you say? I'd say, I mean, Adams. I don't think Adams is gonna have a good year this year. I think he's gonna regress too. I, I mean, think he's Jimmy gonna. G. Yeah, I think he's gonna ask out of Vegas this mm. year. Um, he wasn't happy when they got rid of Carr, too. No, so that's why he went. I mean, you could argue that's why he went to Vegas to play yeah. with Derek Carr, his mm-hmm. friend, his high or his college teammate. Oh yeah. So he's he's gonna you know he's still the best, but he's not gonna have a good year fantasy wise. All right. So Devontae Adams regression. Uh, Justin Jefferson. Do you see him doing the same thing like three years in a row, or do you see a little bit of regression? Coming? I see a little bit of regression. Yeah. I think he's still gonna have a better year than Chase, just because you know. The Bengals have T. Higgins. They have Joe Mixon. Joe Burrow likes to throw to the tight end. Uh, that offense in Minnesota, it's catered to Justin Jefferson. It's the mm-hmm. Cooper Cup offense. Yep. So I think Jefferson still has a good year. I what think- about Tyreek Hill? Regress or um, you're going to put up better numbers? Had the best year of his career last year. I'm a little different on Tyreek Hill. I think he's going to have a better year this year. You're going to have a better year? Yeah. I think that. <laughs> he's such a homer. Yeah. <laughs> It's because, and the only reason I say it is because I think um, somebody, I think he came out, Tyree Kill came out and said last year he was just going through the motions of the offense. He mm-hmm. didn't really know that Shanahan system like that. And they say year, year two is when the players actually know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So I think Tyree Kill is just, and and like you said before, Jalen Waddle's going to take that next step. Yep. Not going to drop the ball as much. 
So you can't really double cover Tyreek Hill, and I think that's just going to... I think he is going to get his 2,000 yards this year, Tyreek Hill. see, I'm the opposite on that. I think Waddle's going to not maybe not do better than Tyreek Hill, but he's going to close the gap a little bit more. I don't think they're going to target Tyreek Hill that many times like they did last year. I think they're going to get Waddle more involved. And Tua missed a lot of games. When Tua's on the field, uh, Jalen Waddle's like... His fucking, favorite guy. He's fucking elite. I think he's yeah. he likes targeting him more than uh, Tyreek Hill, you know, going back to the Alabama days. That chemistry so is if two insane. Is, if two is healthy this year, I think they're just... I think Jalen Waddle's going to close the gap a little bit. Tyreek Hill is aging also as well. Uh, Waddle's the younger guy. So I kind of see that a little bit different. So you think Tyreek Hill's going to blow up. Um, what about... I we, I know you think Chase is going to blow up. We both think that. What about uh, Stefan Diggs? Do you think he's going to regress like I think he is? I don't think he... I mean, I... I think he'll be the same. I think he's going to be pissed off the first three weeks. They're going to look like shit. Mm-hmm. They're still probably going to win games because they got Josh Allen. Um, but then I think after like week three or four, he's going to get over it and he's going to start, you know, having those monster games and explode a little bit. So I think he's going to, honestly, I think Stefan Diggs is just going to be consistent as ever. He's going to be the same thing every year. I think he's going to regress a little bit because he's not happy with Josh Allen. I don't think he's happy in Buffalo. They drafted Dalton Kincaid. They love this kid. They're going to get him involved. Gabe Davis is going to be there. And they have like a four running back monster going thing going on over there. So um, I see a little bit of regression coming for Stefan Diggs. I don't know if he wants to be there next year. What about Cooper Cup? What do you see with Cooper Cup? I see another monster year for Cooper Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of this has to do with game script too, like the situation these guys are in. Yep. The Rams have no defense, so they're going to be in high-scoring games every week. The Vikings have no defense, so they're going to be in high-scoring games. That mm-hmm. means Justin Jefferson and Cooper Cup are probably one and two for me, if I'm thinking fantasy-wise, just because for them to have a chance to win, they're going to be have to be putting up 30, 40 points a game. Okay. So that means more touchdowns for Jefferson and Cooper Cup. And they play in that same offense. Yep. I mean, now that I'm looking at it, I my wide receiver one I think is going to be Jamar Chase. I just think, you know, down year last year got hurt, you know, didn't finish in the top five. I think he's going to bounce back this year, playing with the second best quarterback in the NFL, elite offense. They're going to have more protection this year with Orlando Brown. Uh, I think Jamar Chase is going to be the best wide receiver in football next year, even though right now I think Justin Jefferson's a better player. I think Jamar Chase is going to have the better season next year. I think that's going to be a blow-up year. Um, yeah, he's probably my wide receiver one next year if I'm looking at fantasy football. I'd probably say Jamar Chase is my favorite. Um, but last question I want to ask you, I also said Amon Ross St. Brown and Garrett Wilson were my two blow-up guys next year. You know, Amon Ross St. Brown in a contract year on a good team, good quarterback. And now Garrett Wilson has Aaron Rodgers. Do you think those two guys are going to blow up, or do you see uh, them kind of failing, I guess? I don't see them failing, but I don't know if Amon Ross St. Brown can do that again. Um, I think they got some film on him now. Even if he's in a contract year, he knows he has a ball at this year to get paid. Yeah, I, I don't think I think he's going to have a good year. I don't think he's going to have those same stats and monster fantasy games that he did. I think teams are going to game plan for him specifically now mm-hmm. and maybe make somebody else beat them. 
Um, and I don't know if Jared Goff can do it again. I know Jared Goff had a great year last year. Consistent Jared Goff. He's kind of like Kirk Cousins in that same aspect. You know, they put up big numbers every year. Maybe they don't win the big games, but they're they're good. They're solid. Yeah, for fantasy, they're good. Um, number one overall pick, Jared Goff. Um, so I'm on Ross St. Brown. I mean, yeah, I, I have him in the top 10, but I don't think he's... Honestly, I think he's going to regress a little bit. I think the, the Lions are still going to be a really good team, but for mm-hmm. fantasy purposes... I'm not touching him, you know, top seven, top eight. Yeah. He's maybe around 10 for me. And Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson, I'm not sure because he's playing in that Jets offense. That Jets offense looked horrible last year. I know they have Aaron Rodgers now, and he loves his number one receivers. Automatic upgrade. Yeah. Garrett Wilson, he has the same. He reminds me of Devontae Adams. He's not as big, like strong and tall, but he has that that vertical leap where you can just throw it up to him and he's going to go get the ball. He's been making some insane catches. Uh, Jets training camp started two days ago. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is already looking for him left and right every single time he drops back. I mean, making some amazing catches in the end zone. I think Garrett Wilson's going to have a monster year. Yeah, I think he's a freak athlete too. Um, I remember seeing Garrett Wilson in college, man. He was at Ohio State. They were playing Clemson in like the college football playoff. They, I think it was like Justin Fields or somebody. They threw a jump ball to Garrett Wilson. I promise you, he jumped like, like his hands were like 15 feet in the air. He like jumped over the corner. Insane. AJ Terrell and caught it in the end yeah. zone for a touchdown. So there's he has he has the potential to um, skyrocket. You know, production wise, they did just sign the offensive coordinator from Denver, the coach that got fired, Nathaniel Hackett. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron Rodgers, old coordinator in green bay before he left for denver last year so he'll probably be calling the shots Aaron Rodgers. yeah so they're gonna cater to aaron Rodgers. Yeah. he knows the offense already garrett wilson's probably knows the offense already so if i had to pick i'd pick garrett wilson he's gonna have a better year than last year for sure yeah garrett wilson he has to i mean he played with nobody last year <laughs> yeah um all righty That'll do it for us. Guys, if you're listening on audio and you want to watch us in person, we have a YouTube channel at The Joe and Joey Show. We also put out uh, small clips on Instagram and TikTok. And we also have our podcast on Spotify and iTunes. So thank you guys for watching and we'll see you on the next one. To the game, yeah, you know that that's the best one. So just watch or just listen to the guys. Tune in to the show. Joe and Joey on the ride. So just watch or just listen to the guys. Tune in to the show. Joe and Joey on the ride.